You're listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our homes, our families, and our communities. We're so happy to have you join us. I am your host, well, I'm one of your hosts today, Delane England, and my co-host today is Pamela Smith, another amazing Liberty Mom. Welcome, Pamela. So good to be here. Thank you. We're so happy to have you join us. We've really missed you. So thank you for taking time to be with us today. We are going to discuss just some issues that are in front of us right now. With the elections coming up, it's really important that we get involved, that we get educated, that we know what's going on, and that we use the power that we have, that we have this amazing opportunity to vote and to let our voice be heard and to take a stand. And we also have the opportunity and the power, because we do still have some freedom of speech protection in the First Amendment, where we can speak about what we believe and we can share with our friends and neighbors and we can help educate those amongst us. And I think it's really important not only to just vote, because I actually think, I think you agree with me on this, Pamela. I think you if you're not educated, you shouldn't vote. Absolutely. You do more damage. Absolutely. We don't just have a responsibility to vote. We have a responsibility to get educated so we can vote educated, educatedly. And uneducated. Educatedly. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know what you mean. An uneducated populace creates bigger problems than, you know, um, less voters. And I think that has been the great uh, lie, the great lie pushed through the public school system. I know for a fact, you know, as I reviewed some material, I was on the materials commission for a few years and it was all about vote, 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 vote. And even our party, um, you know, parties are saying we got to get people out to vote. The Republican Party should be educated enough to know that that isn't a wise thing because an uneducated Republican Party is what drives the state of Utah. And um, it wasn't designed that way in the beginning of our nation, nor should it be um, perpetuated all these years. That's that's people aren't educated. Then they go vote. How do they vote? They vote away our freedoms because they're promised liberty. Yeah, they're promised um, circuses and bread, and and yes, they but they vote for stuff, not for principles. Well, and I I have to say, you know, um, I I don't think I was uneducated, um, maybe completely uneducated, but I wasn't really highly involved in the political process when I heard a speech given by a congressman that was. It was so powerful and so moving. And I thought, man, he must be a patriot. And then a few years later, there was this bailout. And the bailouts 
um, named many of the legislators who took money for their personal gain. And he was one of them. And it was so disappointing. And I thought, you know what, I need to look at voting records more than great speeches because we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. That's another big, huge problem that creates, you know, a false, a false foundation that people assume we're Republican. We must support the Republican platform. Most mm -hmm. voters don't even read the Republican platform. And I found that a lot of Republicans, I don't know if you're, you're like this, but a lot of Republicans are really um, starting to accept and embrace democratic or liberal ideologies and ideas, oh. and, but they're still voting on the Republican ticket. And so that's why we found ourselves in the last few decades is the Republican Party is a very liberal. The pendulum has swung so far to the left that we have <clears throat> lost a lot of the um, values that, that the Republican Party really held and valued just a few decades ago. And and defend it. And, defend and you know, you see, you're exactly right. It's like, we want to be really open-minded, and so, and we've been publicly educated, and so we've kind of come like, well, well, you know, we want to compromise, we want to negotiate, so we move to the left, but tell me one single thing, not one thing that the the liberals or the Democrats have shifted to the right on. That, that's the strategy. Know. I mean, it's that truly their the strategy. strategy of Saul Alinsky and the rules yes. for radicals. And, you know, you think about my son, um, who's an attorney, and I think he, he um, did Faith in the Fire radio for a little bit, but he used to always say, when you give up the higher ground, and we're talking about compromise, when you give up the higher ground, it's always fighting an uphill battle. You never regain it, and you're on a slippery slope. And so it really is not in our best interest to compromise in, in where principles are concerned. Now, we can change our methodology, but when we plant ourselves like a tree, it always benefits us. If we don't, we always, it, we've seen through history how that works, and it never works in our favor. Never. It, it never does, and it, so it's not wise. Yeah. And we, and we, need to be you know very open but we also need to share the truth and and so what i wanted to talk about today was um you, you just brought us into this segue beautifully pamela because we all have i'm assuming all of us have friends and neighbors who are in people in our in our circle of influence who are democrats who or who are liberal who are you know really good people with big hearts and very well intended but they don't understand or know the principles of liberty. And so they can't act upon something they don't know when they don't understand. And they don't understand the proper role of the government. They don't know why, they, what the government exists for. In fact, they believe that the government is there to either offer them security or to give them things. They believe the government is there to make them comfortable and to give them things and they don't understand that in order for the government to give you something, they must first take it from you. And so then they take a hundred percent, they keep 90% cost 90% to run the bureaucracy and they can give you 10% back. So they've abdicated like, their Liberty to another entity. And when you do that, you have lost. 
you have lost. You, you have no liberty. So yeah. I received a I received a text from a friend of mine whom I just love. She's a really great person, very big hearted. She is a Democrat. And I thought that we would discuss some of these issues because I thought it really helped me to get some insight into the mentality or the way that a liberal or a Democrat thinks. And I thought maybe we can address that because what we all want to do is use our power of influence to help educate other people and help them to love liberty and embrace liberty and to understand the covenant of this nation. The covenant of this nation is to not be takers. It is to not have other people take care of me. The covenant of this nation is to stand with God, stand for God, and to embrace the laws of nature and nature's God, and to rule based on those laws of nature, nature's God, that human nature, our virtue, and that the foundation of this nation is virtue. We can't govern ourselves without virtue. And that the purpose of the government, I think this is so important, and I I asked this of my class just this week, and I was so thrilled because one of my students got it right off. I said, what is the purpose of the government? And she raised her hand and said, the purpose of the government is to protect our individual rights. Amen. I, I was like, Very okay, all right, it's worth teaching. It's it's working. It's happening. I was so happy. I'm like, she totally got it. That is the sole purpose of the government, not to give us things, not to make us comfortable, to protect our individual liberties. Well, so, and our, we, I think it's important to remember our individual um, liberties. We were in; they were in, um, given to us by our Creator. They yes. will never. And and I think that you know the word usage and the the way it is explained needs to be reiterated again and again because we are expecting a government to uphold our God-given uh, rights, and we don't. We we sometimes run to them to fix things and um, after we've already let them all be demolished through laws and, and changes that the Constitution already upheld. And I was looking for a quote, I think it's by Noah Webster, but I mean, we cannot um, expect to retain our liberty without being educated. And if we oh, did... There's, so, there's quite a few of the founders yes. who said similar quotes like that. You have to be do, educated and you have to have virtue. And, you know, you think that we don't hear this again and again, but, I mean, I'm not really a Marvel lover of the Marvel series. <clears throat> and, of course, they're, they're definitely, um, they're changing their mantra now. But there was uh, Captain America, and I really thought that there were some good um, things taught there. And it was, um, no, Peggy... I can't remember, but I think it was at the funeral, and I have this written down. I'm going to read it because it's a truth, and it's it says, compromise where you can, but where you can't, don't. Even if everyone is telling you that something wrong is something right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye, and say, no, you move. I think that that we have to really get that, and, and we can do it nicely. I think the big accusation is when we stand firm, we're falsely accused that we aren't nice. 
what is nice about letting our liberty go down the drain? That is not nice. We are clearly <clears throat> um, on the downward slope. And man, you we're going to have to claw our way back to even regain what footage we've lost during the COVID years. Um, we've, we've really got to plant ourselves and not move and, and start climbing back up the slippery slope. We've been working very hard all year to reclaim and we have had very little success where, and it's not, it, we really have to work very hard to reclaim yeah. and we've got to get back and work to reclaim what we lost. That's very well said, Pamela. So, okay. So in my, in my conversation with my friend in our text thread, um, she said, that's how the Democrats get me is with sidewalks. And she's not being facetious because she said that it was the Democrats that finally fixed the sidewalks around their home. And they also were the ones who got $800 more per people for their district. And so then she um, totally sides with the Democrats because of that. And I, I thought this really does exemplify kind of the issue and the problem that we're talking about is they're hanging, dangling this carrot. We'll give you a little bit more money per student in the schools. Of course, that probably won't go to the students. It won't go to the children. It won't make their education better, but that's irrelevant. We'll just make sure that that the hierarchy in the schools get paid more money than they already do so they can wield more power and influence over your children and we'll fix the sidewalks. And I don't even know if that, if we don't even know if that was really the Democrats or the Democratic Party fixing the sidewalks, although it could be. I don't really know. But that's another thing that just because they promise something doesn't mean that it's going to happen or that they are the ones who actually did it. And, and that doesn't, that's not a, that isn't a diss on Democrats at all. That is on anybody in a position of power. That's not something that only Democrats do. That happens with the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. Yes. And I don't really want the Republican Party to promise me sidewalks and more money in the school district either. Sometime we're going to have to, you know, do a deep dive into, I hope that, um, that we can do a deep dive into the Republican Party because there's a Democrat section of the Republican Party, if we are calling it that way, or a liberal, a very liberal yes. side. Right. And and I think that's what hooks most people that have no idea what's going on. They make the assumption, the false assumption that all Republicans are conservative and 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 hold the values of the Constitution. And that's just not the case. So sometime we will um, now at election time, we've got to just kind of go to the bottom line of the tactics that are being used to, you know, um, promote liberals <laughs> through the Republican Party because we're a Republican state and kind of expose them so that people can make wise choices and hopefully put, set themselves on the path of educating themselves. But yeah, I really think that the Republican Party is infiltrated and that without their knowing it, the masses, the conservative masses are um, embracing liberal ideas and we're hearing them um, promoted even on our, at our pulpits, you know, in our, in our constitution classes in colleges and yes. in our history classes in schools. 
that this they are making assumptive um, they they are making assumptive declarations that um, these are values that we all embrace when we really shouldn't be embracing them at all. They should be absolutely abhorred and and protected against because they're socialist and you know liberal and all the words that we we think that we aren't. Well, and you. You've spoken about what is really the biggest problem in the Republican Party. There's two problems I see that are very serious, and one is that it has really been co-opted by liberals. Say, in Utah, and I'm sure other states that this has happened, but I know for certain in Utah, what has happened is many of the Democrats and more liberal-leaning people have run on the Republican ticket, and so they water down the Republican Party, and then they violate the platform. So then we're we're become very accustomed to people holding positions, not adhering to the platform, which brings me to the second biggest problem is that we think it's nice to allow people to do that and not say anything. And we call that nice. Oh, we want to be nice. When I would disagree with that definition of nice, I don't think it's really nice. And I don't think it's appropriate to have people literally steal your party undermine your party, undo your party, and then just say, well, we just want to be friends. We just want to be nice. And so we're just not going to do anything about it. And we have a very serious problem in our party. We don't hold our elected officials accountable to the party or the platform. It's so astonishing um, that we celebrate it sometimes. We, we, you know, I, I just remember even when Thomas Wright was the party chairman of the state Republican Party that he totally was about promoting this. We've, we've got to compromise everyone. We've got to, um, we've got to stand and, and we're losing our footing. And, and actually everything that we did during that time, whether by coercion or by the voice of the Republicans, was to tear down the power of, of the position that we had by, by sheer tradition of holding to those values and not compromising at all and, and moving forward with, let's just move forward, let's not argue, let's not fight. Right. We, it was the assumption that we all agreed. Abandon the Republican Party and the Republican yes. platform. Yep. And so speaking of which, since we're talking about that, I think we'll just go right ahead and talk about right now with elections coming up. We have a really serious problem in Davis County where I live. I think it is a problem across the state, but I'm more aware of the specifics in Davis County since that's where I live. We had an excellent candidate for every single House and Senate race. Every single one, we had not just a candidate, we had an excellent, very viable, very articulate, very intelligent, very principled candidate. And so we really had an opportunity to restore the principles of the Republican Party in the party. In we Davis a, County, which is a big deal. Davis County is a very liberal yeah. county. It, it, ha- it actually is. It, it's thought of as very conservative, but it isn't because we keep electing real liberals. And so what I think is really important, people, I really want people to understand how important the republic is. Article 4, Section 4, the Founding Fathers 
There is only one place in the entire Constitution that they told states what they had to do. The entire Constitution tells the federal government what they can do and what they cannot do. That is what it's 100% about, is this is what you can do and this is what you cannot do. If it's not one of these things that we've given you power over, you can't do it. Hands off. Don't touch. And the one place, Article 4, Section 4, actually requires every state to provide a republic form of government. Not a Republican Party, a republic form of government. And in and the reason why, in a republic form of government, the reason for that is in a democracy, you have mob rule. The founders did not, they clearly made a very, very articulate choice to not choose a democracy. They said, no, a democracy is mob rule. It's the wolves being in charge of everything. We do not want that. We want every individual to have their rights protected. We want to protect the right of the individual. We want people who hold position to take an oath to uphold the Constitution. You don't need that in a democracy, and how could you? Because a democracy is just based on the emotion of the time and what they what people vote for in that moment. You don't really take an oath to uphold anything. You're just like, well, whatever the populace wants in that particular moment, that's what we'll go for. So the republic requires that the those who hold a position of power, not that they take an oath to uphold their conscience, because we know that people's conscience can violate all kinds of horrible things, but to uphold the Constitution of the United States and of their state and their county, if it's a county office. And so they they wanted to have a system where individuals' rights would be protected, where they would have an oath of office that they would have to take, and that we would have, of course, representative government, which can happen in a democracy or a republic. And to follow due process. And and absolutely, to which is part of adhering to the Constitution. The Republican yes. process. Yes, yes, that they would have due process. And so in the state of Utah, we are we've we have that. We have every state was required, but we've noticed that with every state they have let that go. They have whittled away their republic into democracies. They've gotten rid of their caucus systems. They've gotten rid of their republic form of government. And we had that very strongly in the state of Utah. And then we had SB 54 that took a huge hit on it. And so we we have such an amazing form of government where we would elect, we would elect representatives from the neighborhood. Those neighbors, those representatives would go to a convention. And before that convention, they would meet personally with every individual who's running for office and they would go to the convention and choose who they felt was most aligned with our platform who had the most integrity and who they felt would do the best job protecting the general election yes and protect our individual freedoms we're going to take a quick break we'll stay with us and we'll be right back
are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original Secretaries of Defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities, and we're so glad to have you with us. I am your host today, Delane England, with my co-host, Pamela Smith. So happy to have you join us, Pamela. And we are discussing the republic, the requirement of the state to require a republic form of government, and how Utah has been one of the last states to let go of that. And we have seen it take some serious hits the last couple of years, where it was such an amazing system where we elected people, we still do it, we elect people in our neighborhoods to go represent our entire neighborhood at the caucus, and then go and and literally, you know, to have the opportunity to meet the real candidates. Without that system, we never really have personal interaction with the people who either run and then are elected. You never have a personal relationship with those people. So they're very a distance from us. They don't really answer to us. And we find in other states where they've given up their caucus system and given up their republic form of government, they they don't have a relationship with those people. They're it creates apathy. It creates such a, a bigger uh, um, separation that the apathy grows at the same rate because you're, you, you can't reach them. And even as a delegate, you and I were both delegates, I had delegates um, meeting and their whole big thing was, you haven't answered my email. I've emailed you. I mean, and here are these candidates standing up there, these, um, and they're like, I try and answer the emails. I'm really sorry. I will do better at that because they are having to answer to their constituents. When you go down to Capitol Hill, they, you know, you can meet with them and, but they're just like, oh yeah, you little, you little trolley people. You know, yeah. if you've seen, you're, you're just these little people and I, I have the authority so you can talk to me, but it's when election time comes is when they really start trying to win the support and you can do it really well if you have someone design a great billboard, when you have exactly. someone, you know, have a good um, commercial but when you have to meet with people that were elected from your little neighborhood and you go to a, a meeting and you and you open it up to questions, that reveals a lot more about a politician than it does than these commercials that are spending tons of money. And that's how Orrin Hatch, I mean, in the beginning was elected. He he went and he promised to yes. be conservative. Even though through the years, look what happened to even Orrin Hatch. You know, he's on the very liberal side of the Republican Party where um, when he came in, he he purported to be this young conservative. And that's, I mean, well, I Mike think he Lee, was. I think he was when he started. Yeah. But when you're in the swamp and you're around all those people and the power gets to people and yeah. and they change and that's, and that and coercion. And see what, what happens with the, with losing this caucus system, losing this republic, the division, like you're saying, the division, not only apathy, but also it becomes the elites versus the small people. Absolutely. And there's well, a big, a big, huge crevice between the two. And people have a tendency to want to have a king. It is kind of in human nature to yeah. want a king, to want someone to worship. We want someone to lead us. But we, yes. need to, we need to remember that the one who leads us is our and the true sovereign is our creator, our God, and that the men are subject 
if we have to scrutinize and righteously judge if they are answering to their creator and, and to his principles. And we should have the right to reach those men representing us because if they're not representing us, then we, we have lost our voice completely. And, and truly through the caucus system, I mean, I was new to the caucus when Mike Lee was running not new, but I, I, I was a very involved person at that time. And Mike Lee called and spent 45 minutes on, on a phone call talking to me. I'm a nobody. I've never spent that much time talking with Mike Lee since, but he was trying to get on the ticket and um, he spent a lot of time. And so I was, I was criticized by a lot of people for um, not voting for Bob Bennett is who he was running against and who was, you know, he had won me with speeches in the past. It was his voting record that really destroyed um, my trust, um, his actions versus yeah, his, his words. Actions, not what he said. Yeah, his words did. were still great, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Yes. But um, Mike Lee was like saying, hey, I'm going to do something different. And I and I didn't have trust in Mike Lee. He had um, mm-hmm. the track. He didn't have a track record. But reasoning with him and speaking with him gave me the privilege of, you know, um, deciding if he I knew he had to have been better than Bob Bennett because Bob Bennett had taken money for personal gain. And and that was trackable. And so. Um, I mean, it was really sad to see Bob Bennett crying on on the ten o'clock news when he lost. It was, and that couldn't believe it. He, he couldn't, couldn't believe that it happened to him. He had so much power. Yes. And he had so many, so much money, and so much cronyism. He couldn't believe that that could happen to him. It really blew him away. Well, and as we were leaving that convention, when he was eliminated in the first round, and yes. and and. Mike Lee and Bridgewater were there. We were walking out. I saw Orrin Hatch standing there. And Orrin Hatch really was um, behind, I know, SB 54. He was behind the the coup taking Mm -hmm. over the caucus system in Utah, sadly, because he came in. That's the only way he got in when he was a young man. And now he didn't want to lose the power. And so he was actually undermining that whole process that, gave him the opportunity to get in. He didn't he, need it anymore because he was already in. So he, he wanted was, to undermine yep. it so no one else in his position could repeat be that. jeopardized. No, ev- everyday ordinary person could come and get in. Yeah, It yeah. is designed to allow the regular, everyday, middle-income, even low-income person can compete because yeah. you answer to real-life people who are local representatives. So we have right now... We have a very serious situation because we have the caucus system. We had our really excellent candidates in almost every single case in Davis County won. But then because of SB 54, because the government, the legislature went in and undermined the Republican Party. The existing elected by, officials, the, the yes. ones who won, you know, they wanted to protect won. themselves who were supposed to uphold the Constitution and and keep us a republic form of government, went in and undermined our own party and our own organization in the way we choose our officials. And so now someone doesn't have to even show up at convention. They can just go out and gather. They can just pay a company to gather signatures for them, and they're still on the ballot. So that took all of these races where people won clearly. They clearly won over 60%, many over 70%. They were clear winners. 
And yet, because their opponent, their lose, the, the opponent who lost the race gathered signatures, they were able to go out and run and, of course, mass all kinds of money and spend all, and create, again, a facade of who they are, not answer to their voting record. When they called out the on voting the voting record, they, were just, they just said, you're a liar. Even though we have their voting record, we know what they voted for. They just, because the masses of people don't do their due diligence, they don't look, they don't check, they just trust the facade. And now we have a man who holds elective office, has for eight years, went to convention. He didn't get signatures because he was so sure that he would win. He did not worry for a second, not because he respected the process, unfortunately, although we thought that he respected the process. That's not why. He's made it clear now. That isn't why he didn't get signatures because he didn't think he could lose. He's like, oh, these people will vote for me. I'm a nice guy. They'll vote for me. I've got them snookered. I've got them thinking I'm a decent person. So they'll vote for me. And so he didn't get signatures. And he, even in his speech, in his speech, he was very, very rude. And he was very condescending, very condescending and snarky about his opponent. This young kid has no business even running for the legislature. He has not gone up through the ranks. He hasn't been a city council member and a mayor like I have been. And he has no business even just, it's ridiculous for him to just. How ironic. Oh, it was so condescending and very rude. People, he has a, he has a reputation for being very nice. He was very rude. And I don't believe that it his his speech alone that that got him out of office. I believe that it was his entire oh, yeah. demeanor, his and and definitely his voting <clears throat> record, because the the delegates look at things like that. The delegates that are elected do their j- job mostly. They look at the person, they interview them, they talk to them, they look him in the eye, and they also look at their voting record. And we're very lucky to have organizations that do an excellent job so we don't have to go wander through the system ourselves Ourselves. and we although we can our system is so great we can do that and so we you know it was it was amazing and he got he got slaughtered 69 percent of the people voted against him 69 percent said no we don't want you this is a man that had been in for eight years that that had relationships with these people and they said, you know what, we know you, and we know who you really are, and we know what you're really about, and you do not defend our liberty. You do not vote or sponsor bills to defend our liberty. You vote for for bills that de- absolutely de- take apart our liberty. Destroy our liberty. Destroy our liberty. I'm his, sure he was voting record supportive of SB 54. His voting record is atrocious. It is horrible. Um, same as Ray Wartz. Both of them vote horribly. And um, so he had a, a terrible voting record and they voted him down. And so he lost fair and square. He lost. 69% of the people voted against him, of the delegates. But, you know, he couldn't believe it and he couldn't handle. Very, very immature. He didn't go to his opponent and say, congratulations. I support you. Yeah, or or even you know what? I'm very sad. Maybe I'll run against you in two years. Who knows? Like I could I could try this again. But he didn't honor him. He didn't even go congratulate him. 
he didn't speak to him. And what is worse than that, which I think is really sad uh, for a man in office as a current sitting legislator, and I don't mean standing legislator, I mean sitting, that he couldn't even have, be nice, he couldn't have manners, he couldn't have decorum. And then what he has done is he has amassed over $75,000 from mostly Democrats, and he has he has started a write-in campaign. He's already run and he's already lost, but he couldn't handle the truth. He couldn't be a big boy and be mature about it. Sore losers. Sore, sore loser. And now what he is doing is he's running a writing campaign, but is he talking about his accomplishments or his voting record? Oh no, he is not. He it's is a smear campaign. A smear campaign on his opponent. Is there Trevor a Democrat Lee. running? There is not a Democrat running. Well, that's a blessing because truly that kind of behavior could create um, I correct Democrat myself. Women. I correct myself. There is a Democrat running. He is running as a write-in candidate. Oh. <laughs> but his voting record is the voting record of a Democrat. But, of course, he can't run as a Republican because he already got slaughtered yeah. by the Republican candidate. Yeah. He already ran that race and got slaughtered. So now he's just running as an independent writer. There are numerous, there are numerous legislators, current Republican legislators, that are representing the Republican Party who were former Democrats who knew yes. that they wouldn't win on the Democratic ticket, and so they hurried to um, run, uh, switch affiliations so that they could run. And because they're nice, quote-unquote nice, they actually win. And because they're running and, on the Republican ticket. And, and they they're running the with the assumption of the Republicans being ignorant. Yes, they do. Yes. And so John Curtis being one of those. John and Curtis. So, and, and we have Becky there's Edwards. There's a bunch of them. Yes, we have yeah, yeah numerous ones. Becky Edwards and, did. And, and let's just be clear that rem remember you're reminding me of Evan McMullen, who yes. somehow was able through the media to get on CNN every night when he was running against Trump. It wasn't that we thought that um, Evan was going to win. But somehow this ex-CIA agent who's a member of the CFR is able to get primetime TV um, appearances every night in For Virginia, in, um, in Arizona, in Utah, in Idaho. All these states that they were hoping to swing enough states um, to the liberal side because they knew that Hillary wasn't going to win. And, and of course, that was a plant to try and get Hillary in because they knew by their numbers they weren't going to be able to, to do the coup they had planned because Trump was winning so big. I mean, it is astonishing the lengths that, that they go to go through the process and the ignorant masses are allowing it and saying, oh, yeah. Evan McMullen, I mean, he's, he's an LDS member. He must be good. And, I mean, really... Davis and Morgan County in the presidential election were the two counties that had the most votes for Evan McMullen, mm -hmm. who didn't go, you are describing exactly not going through the due process. Evan didn't do anything, but somehow he gets on the ticket and, and is able to be voted on. That I mean, how did that happen? Um, and, and it was a joke. The first radio show I heard him on, it was almost like he was laughing the whole time. It was all about 
doing something to break up this due process that is yeah. that is substantiated or that is upheld and and outlined in the constitution as far as states and federal elections go they weren't they so. weren't trying to build Hillary up because they knew they couldn't get her all they wanted yes. to do is tear down Trump and get yes. take shave votes off of Trump they didn't think McMullen was going to win he didn't run no. to win he ran to shave votes away from Trump so that maybe Hillary could compete Yes, and that is very sad. And so, what we have now, this situation is, we have a man, a grown man, eight years in the legislature, who cannot let go of the power that he has amassed in the legislature. He is not; he just cannot emotionally handle letting go of that power, even for two years. And so, he's run this write-in campaign, and he's taking money from anyone who will give it to him, and including the Democrats and the Democrats are openly supporting him. because They're like, yeah, let's get, let's get our, our friend. He's a friend, not a foe. He's totally aligned with us. And so I just invite everyone to vote, you know, inquire of the Lord is always the best way. Do your due diligence, find out the truth. Look at Mr. Handy's voting record. Look at his voting record. Look at his voting record. You can go to utahgrassroots.org and pull up his voting record there. It's very easy. So I you haven't can, followed him, Delane. Can you can you kind of um, go through maybe, is it moral issues? Is it economic issues? Is it social it's both. issues? It's, it's, all, it's of all of those things. So Education. one of the things that I think is most egregious is our Second Amendment. Oh. Now, we only need we only need the same weapons that our government has. Because the reason we have the Second Amendment is because their own government, the, our, our founding fathers, their own government were taking up arms against them. And so they wanted, they put the Second Amendment in there and made it ever so clear, shall not, that a right to bear arms shall not be infringed because we need to have a right. It wasn't, it wasn't to protect deer hunting. It was clearly to protect themselves. Or even robbers. To protect themselves against their own government. That's what the Second Amendment is about. And then because we've had these, these emotionally unhinged crazies that are out just shooting people, people with that are governed by emotion rather than intelligence, and we need to be governed by both. We do want emotion and care and concern, but we also need to use our brains. Um, they're like, oh, if we if we make it harder for people to have guns and we'll have less shootings. We'll actually have more. We can prove that statistically in countries that don't have guns. So because of that, this person sponsored, Mr. Handy sponsored three different times, three different bills to totally subvert your second amendment rights. All I have to do is like, you know what? I am so mad at Pamela. She ticked me off. I just call the cops and say, you know what? Pamela is unhinged. I don't trust her. I think she's on, she's going nuts. Go get her guns. They can show up at your door, take your guns away from you from any accusation, including a false accusation, just saying that you might commit a crime with no due process, no evidence, nothing. Just say this person who, oh, I'm friends with Pamela and I'm very worried about her. I'm afraid that she's going to go shoot her family up or show up at school and they show up at your door. They take all your guns. It sounds real reasonable. Oh, you know, she's, she could be, she just could be, she seems really emotional. She's depressed. I'm scared of her. And so they want to stop the crime before it happens. 
but that takes your sec your not only your second amendment but your fifth sixth and seventh amendment your your complete right to due process is gone and and this is what he sponsored these bills three to you know, they didn't go anywhere, do, so he kept doing it it's upsetting because i read about a man back east somewhere whose daughter had good intentions she's like my dad is suicidal i just don't know um i don't think he should have guns so the police came early in the morning and accosted him and he felt so threatened he got a gun and they killed him and and she was so upset by the whole ordeal because she's like hey i was trying to protect my dad and then the police with by the law that they had passed what you are telling me yeah he came to help him and ended up killing him killing him yeah it is so tragic that is and, that is totally not loving and kind to totally unnecessarily yes. so that's one thing he also voted numerous times i think at, un consistently in his eight years voted to increase taxes and it, it doesn't matter what kind every kind of tax he voted for tax increases very consistently um for me the um the second amendment is so sacred and so important that it it it's a deal breaker it's a total deal breaker it's you just can't you can't allow anybody to take that away now another oh. another one is hb 11 which i don't expect everyone to know that bill but that's the bill that sought to protect girls in sports against biological boys who've transgendered or who are thinking of transgendering from being able to play in girls sports just saying keep girls sports girls sports let transgendered boys let them play in co-ed or play on the boys sports it wasn't ever designed to stop anybody from being able to play sports because we all know how healthy sports can be very healthy they can be very beneficial especially for someone who's struggling with their own sexuality or their own identity or who they are i think sports can be very very helpful but it didn't it just stopped them from competing on girl sports so he voted against the bill to protect girl sports so he voted to allow boys to play on girl sports um also on education he was very weak on education he voted against school choice he voted against um local control of education and so there's there's some serious very serious problems with his voting record and that is why he didn't win and so i would just ask everyone to do your due diligence support the candidate who is best always support the best candidate but please don't, don't need people who are emotionally damaged who are emotionally insecure who want power so much that they will go to all measures to uphold that power, including smearing good, honorable people. Absolutely. And, um, and, not, and, and I, I just find, you know, people need to run on their own record. If they're proud of their record, or if they're proud of what they voted for, run on it. Let everyone know. And um, so I really hope that everyone will talk to your neighbors, help to educate other people, take this vote very, very seriously. And I also ask everyone to vote on voting day, unless you're going to be out of town or there's a legitimate reason, vote on voting day. The only way we're going to ever restore election integrity is to take back our votes. And we need to vote on the day. There's Our constitution does not allow three weeks of voting. 
and you can't, you don't have um, chain of custody when you have three weeks. We need to restore all the problems that are are have been brought about with elections by sending them out massively, having them last for three weeks. We need to restore Before you vote, day. remember to get educated, right? Right. Don't just go vote. That's a scary thing. So... Thank you so much for joining us, Pamela. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a beautiful day. And remember that you are the guardian of your liberty. Thank you.